3 p.m. Eastern today. Tottenham faces off against Crystal Palace. Tottenham Hotspur in the English Premier League. Currently top of the table. This is not soccer talk here on uh, the Pete the Planet show, but it is the focus of my Friday as I'm geared up in my Tottenham gear like any other weirdo. Welcoming uh, at this time to the program, Damian Dunn and Kristen Alanius, who it's cool that we have different tastes, correct? Mm. It's it really is. cool that we have, you guys don't care at all. I can appreciate that it makes you so happy and I can just leave it at that. Well, I would say I appreciate that you've had a nice, uh, 1989 Taylor Swift version <laughs> moment today. I'm glad that that makes you happy. Thank you. Despite how I feel, it doesn't matter how I feel about it. I'm happy for you. And Dame, I am happy for you, even though what you may find enjoyable, I don't. And that's uh, you know what? You know what I find enjoyable? This this would be for. Uh... Oh my gosh! I didn't know what was about to happen there. What is what that? Is Hold on, that? I'm gonna make it. By the way, uh, we are making a visual reference here. Yeah, sorry, uh, sorry, uh, podcast listeners. Uh, this is specifically for video. Uh, that is the new flashlight that the office bought me with my Amazon gift card for my birthday. So uh, <laughs> you are helping facilitate <laughs> my uh, little. Uh, oh, I'm calling it an addiction. It's all right. It's got three different light sources, Pete. It's got uh, a laser. What I probably won't shine into the uh, the lens here. But, and it's Why also not? Got... What would that do? Could that kill a, a viewer? Uh, no, I don't think that would hurt. Oh, no, oh my gosh. That was surprising. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I didn't I, think that was going to happen. I can see it from about uh, at least 115, close to 200 yards away uh, on something that I can uh, paint with it. Okay. Uh, it's got a UV black light, which doesn't work very well uh, on, on here. <laughs> We're glad to have been a part of that. Yeah. And then uh, a very, very bright light that I will... Not uh, not shine in the light because uh, we all know what happened last time. But hey, thank you for for helping subsidize my addiction. Kristen, what was the phrase we came up with in, before the show? Uh, I appreciate that you have, <laughs> you different, have different tastes. tastes. Yeah, I appreciate that we have different tastes. Uh, Dame, happy birthday uh, this week! Thank you. Uh, a ripe age of something. Of which I turn <laughs> next month. So yeah. Oh no, I was going to say it, but now I'm not going to say it because I don't want you to be embarrassed by your age. Oh, age. I don't care. I just you know. 32 32 everybody that's right all right let's do a show um here today Kristen. what yeah. are we starting with let's start with the question from the roth ira emailer okay um i've been consuming so many podcasts recently <laughs> Podcast references, uh, you better tell what your favorites are so everybody else can go listen to them too. Well, I will. Um, <laughs> I, hard to middle. Here's, oh, well. It's sort of a long story. Alas, yeah. I make the call. Here's the thing. My sleep has been a little rocky. Again? Mm -hmm. So what happens is I'll wake up at four. Mm-hmm. Um, and inevitably I got to get back to sleep and, and hearing people talk makes me go to sleep. All right. So I'll put on a podcast, but sometimes if it's too interesting, I don't actually focus on falling asleep. I focus on the podcast and then I end up, and then once you're up past like five, you might as well just go to the office at that point. 
No. No, well, yeah, well, you're <laughs> she's, she's like, have four hours of sleep. You work from home. It's, I mean, for me, it's just you go. So, anyway, I've been listening to a lot of podcasts. I've been listening, I'm back on how I built this with Guy mm-hmm. Raz. Mm-hmm. Wait, but that's the terrible one at 4 a.m., by the way. Yeah, that's not one you're going to fall back asleep no. to. What, Kristen? Are you, well, I was going to say, should you maybe not say what you're listening to? Because you just said that they can't be that interesting. Oh, yeah, good point. So, yeah, oh uh, yeah. So I listened to the Pete the Planner show. <laughs> like, oh. uh, no, actually, you've heard the podcast that I fall asleep to. Usually, it's designed to help you go to sleep. It's called Sleep with Me, which, without the context, sounds a little creepy. Um, it's. Uh, can I play a little of it for you? I don't think we're going to stop you. So this is what I usually go to sleep to. So I go get in bed, put in some earbuds. So I don't wake my betrothed and I listen to this. And this is what I fall asleep to every night. Uh, Mrs. <laughs> Planner thinks I'm a serial killer. Well, and I played this for two of our colleagues at work last week. Uh, Benjamin, whose real name is John. So what, you know, he's like, Oh, Ben, it's like, your name's John. Right. And then Molly, who actual her name's Mary. So I don't know. I I work with these imposters, and I played this for them last week. And here we go. So uh, here we go. From PRX. Friends beyond binary, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome, welcome, welcome to sleep with me. The podcast that puts you to sleep, the podcast that's here. I'm so, I'm really so glad you're here. If you're new, if you're a regular listener, holy cow, it's good, good to see you again. And if you're new, turn this off. If Jeremy's on, you got to turn this off. If he's flying a plane, we're in trouble. This is not real. I'm sure about you, dude. It is the greatest podcast ever. And so he tells these meandering stories and he gets himself off track. <clears throat> the first time you hear it, like many of you just experienced, you freak out, and it is not a good uh, good moment for you. He so. sounds like Bill Clinton. Really? Mm-mm. I've never thought that. Yeah. Alas. Um, anyway, but then you get used to it, and you love it. Uh, Pilot Jeremy. Um, hello, Pilot Jeremy. It's good to, good to have you back on. Hopefully, you're not flying a plane right now mm-hmm. um, because we want everyone to be safe. And Oh, just landed in Seattle. <laughs> That's good. Int- intentionally? <laughs> you, you, Dane. Dane's got jokes. Do you ever fly? Can we ask Pilot Jeremy? Dame, you, you shined that green laser at my eyes mm-hmm. a few minutes ago in the show. And I was like, oh, it's not going to hurt me. And then you shined it. And I was like, egads. Um, Jeremy, do people still shoot laser, green lasers in the sky at your plane? Because I was flying a couple years ago. And you could see someone trying to like blind the pilot with green laser light. That's a thing, is it not, Jeremy? I should probably call. <laughs> Clear your throat. <clears throat> we'll we'll wait for uh, Jeremy to to respond. Oh Lord, yeah. and Damon, you know what I'm talking about? Like those green lights. Yeah. That's a thing. Like in soccer yeah. matches, they like put them on people's eyes so they. I would the... guess it's a little bit more prevalent around airports since the lasers would be strong enough to reach uh, that, or for private airplanes that are a little bit lower. Oh, have uh, them arrested. They hurt and make us go blind for a while. Yes, they do. We try and have them arrested. So here's the question I wonder. I would assume you'd... So do you just have like your coordinates and uh, and then you're like, hey, we're flying over Duluth and we believe there's a, 
a woman in Duluth trying to blind a co-pilot. Like, how do you how do you pinpoint in? Do you like drop a like a chemical marker over their home so the police know? Like, <laughs> how just, does this? They dump the lap, dump the lavatories, so they just like <laughs> <carpet> bomb. <laughs> yes, that's exactly right. Like, how do you know? Do you like drop a pin on your iPhone and then send it to an inspector, and then they go out there and and do some inspecting? That's exactly what happens. Yeah, I, I'm well, sure he'll confirm that's exactly. Coffee's yeah. hitting just at the right time today. Yeah, excellent. Oh Lord. Um, let's get going. Uh, as he as he figures. Oh, okay. Happens around uh, the See? airports See? all the time. Just give them uh, ballpark directions. You can make. Uh, you can use night vision to find them. <laughs> take a left. I, what? Take, take a left in the cloud that looks like a whale. <laughs> He said they dropped the chemtrails on them. <laughs> I didn't knew it. knew that. Kristen, you didn't know this? I, didn't, I thought night it was vision? like... No, I know what night vision is. I didn't know that people actually did that with lasers. I thought oh. that was like... And I didn't think that it actually did anything, even if they did. Well, yeah. go stare at a laser for a little while and let me know how it works. Oh, they Jeremy says they don't have the night vision. I was like, yeah, what do you have like a They're flying around with nods? <laughs> you know what? I actually know how this works. I've read an article on this. What happens is there is an emergency possum who's nocturnal in the cockpit. <laughs> oh, pardon me, the flight deck. And when they get shined with the laser, they they it's called the impossible possum. That's what that's what a lot of people call it in the biz. Uh-oh. And they open the compartment, the possum comes out. Like that, and then they just point the possum in the direction of the laser, and then that's it's nocturnal, and it has the night vision. That is true. Did you see his follow-up comment? People shoot at us, too? Oh, I didn't know that. Really? I think we need to have Jeremy on as a a guest for one segment of the show in the future, and uh, let him tell us pilot stories. We'll do like one of those anonymous segment things where (laughs) where you like disguise his voice and like don't show his face. Yeah. Um, someone had a comment here, Aaron, one of, we have many Aaron's that listen to the show here. Good morning, everyone. I need to get something from last week's show off my chest. Awesome. And by the way, it's based on something I, I, I said, Excellent. So you all know you, Aaron. That. Uh, Aaron. And by the way, I always appreciate, uh, moments like this. Pete said something to the effect of, of someone making minimum wage has no business buying a house. Okay. So I'm going to pause here for a second and not be Aaron. I, 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 in 2023, I stand by that, by the way, uh, which could, uh, so then he says, uh, which could be true, but I think it's really important to note that it wasn't a point worth making until they got to 2023. If it was always true, wouldn't it have come up right away. That's an, okay. So he's saying, Aaron, thank you, by the way, Kristen, he's saying, in 1967 and 1995, when we looked at those other economics, that it wasn't necessarily true then mm-hmm. that someone had no business buying a house. Yeah, I think that's what he's saying, is that to justify the argument that it might not be as hard to live, we had to. We only said that in 2023 as far as like the minimum wage aspect, because minimum wage wasn't... N- I didn't I don't have the spreadsheet pulled up, but it didn't seem like it was super out of reach to buy a home at minimum wage in 67 or 95. I bet that's very geographic. I bet there have been parts of the country that has been impossible to buy a house on minimum wage for a long time. Jason said he just sent an email Man, to us. You guys. Man. 
Uh, Aaron, Jason says, I just sent an email with some comments about last week's episodes. Did you send it to your manager or did you send it to us? <laughs> I'm going to send this station. to my boss. Yeah. <laughs> Who's paid the planner? Well, why was everything compared to minimum wage? Almost no one pays minimum wage now. We did Chris median and- too. We did median too. Yeah, I know. Uh, thanks for listening. It was a fun episode. You know, it, I, I will say, yeah, there were a couple of things we probably could have added there. So uh, appreciate it. Um, man, can we not have pi- – we have to have a, an entire Pilot Jeremy episode. I, I will tell you, if you plan on having uh, a 40-minute conversation with Jeremy, it's going to last an hour and a half. Just, oh. just letting you know. Gosh, I love that. Very enjoyable. Don't get me wrong. Very enjoyable. Okay. Oh, but that wow. Wait, that could have, <laughs> Dave, you could have been like, hey, you know, let me tell you about this guy. <laughs> I was, I was just, he popped up and I was like, I just I I have to talk to him. I haven't talked to him forever. I needed Jeremy, we need to talk. Gosh, make um, it happen. I was watching the US women's national soccer team play last night against Columbia and they played terrible for what it's worth. And Mrs. Planner and I are sitting there and like we've we've gone down this horrible rabbit hole of soccer in our lives. Like Mrs. Planner sitting on the couch, they show a picture of this ref who is in Sandy, Utah, that the head ref in Sandy, Utah, officiating between US women's team and Columbia. And Mrs. Planner goes, Oh, I know that ref. And I was like, Wow. We have really, our lives have changed. And my point being of wanting to hang out with Jeremy or having a beer with Rick Swink, there is a player on the U.S. Women's National Team named Lindsey Horan. Uh, and, and it is not nearly as creepy as it's probably going to sound. Uh, she's one of those people like Rick Swink. I just want to have a beer with. I just want to have a beer with Lindsey Horan and Rick Swink and Jeremy, the pilot. And, and it will be the greatest round table. Boat. Well, maybe with Jeremiah, but I feel like he's going to, you know, be upset that I'm the first to leave, you know? Mm. <laughs> anyway, well, let's do a show. I really have a meeting. Oh, you don't? If you, well, you're going to be late. I got bad news. <laughs> yeah, not off to a roaring start to get you there on time. Uh, there's a new PeteThePlanner.com that's coming soon. What? Why? Yeah, we don't really what? put a lot of resources into Pete the Planner stuff because that's not really what we do. However, we're just going to give a little bit of a facelift. You're familiar, Dame. Yes. Yeah. I can't you tell that's what else I got done with my $25 Amazon gift card. Dame, who is less likely to have plastic surgery? You or me? Are we taking in account the likelihood of having accidents and needing plastic surgery? Oh, that's actually great. How about cosmetic surgery? Why is that? Okay. Is it, yeah. Y- you, you're more of a media face. Oh, geez. I have a skin tag on my bald head now. That's the age I am. Get some it's, nail clippers. Take dis- care. Oh no! What? <laughs> Are you serious, gentlemen? What? Dave, you I, can't be serious. I said what I said, Kristen. I don't know what to say. You don't have opinions on skin tags at I the ripe age of whatever you are. <laughs> at my age, no. <laughs> Um, there's nothing more. I'm getting hot. I'm going to have to shed the, <laughs> shed the jacket here. By the way, I'm fully uh, Tottenhamed out today. Big game. Big game. So I've got my Spurs jersey on. Um, my wife says I look like a loser in a sports jersey as a 45-year-old man. And she's right. Oh, hey, Jameson. Could just snip it off. What is wrong with you? We got to oh, move on to the show. What's the first? Oh, quickly, Kristen, what's the, the first Roth. topic? The, Roth. the long Roth IRA email. Your Pete and crew. Okay. Is it from Tom? Yes. Correct. Okay. 
Okay. I'm going to throw one. <clears throat> Three, two, one. This week on the Pete the Planner Show, we answer your money questions. Here's how the show works. You email us, askpete at petetheplanner.com. That's askpete at petetheplanner.com, and we will answer your question. Joining me as most times, Kristen Elaney is Damien Dunn. Hello. Hello. Good day. Dear Pete and crew, this is an email. I'm not just like going into a different you know, state of being here. Dear Pete and crew, I'm currently still adding to an emergency fund, and I think it'd be a good idea to put some of that into Roth IRA accounts if I'm not able to contribute the maximum to those each year. I hate to miss the opportunity to fund those accounts while I hold cash in a savings account for an emergency that hopefully will never happen. Uh, the money could sit in a cash position in the Roth IRAs as I more slowly build cash in a traditional savings account. This seems smart. Time out. Time out, Dave. Time out. Three word sentence. This seems smart. Um, Question mark. Yeah. Question mark. That's a tough one. Or please tell me why I'm foolish. Any emergencies that have happened in my short life so far have been covered by immediately reducing spending and or temporarily increasing income. I work a regular nine to five job and my wife runs a small business with the potential to generate about 200K in a week if needed, though not every or most weeks. I figure if we're to see a major emergency that we could withdraw principal from the Roth IRAs. And if there is never such an emergency that I've maximized my retirement contributions, you guys feel like I should read the additional details? Or are they not necessary? Some um, of them are. My wife and I are 35, have five young children. Wow. Yeah. Annual income, 135, 135,000. Potential annual small business profit, 20,000. Checking account balance fluctuates from near zero to $10,000 throughout the year. All purchases are on a credit card and are paid off at the end of each month. Term life insurance for the wife and I. Um, I'll go there. So what do we think? I uh, love the show. Thanks, Tom. Kristen, you want to begin with us here? Yeah, I suppose I could begin. I I don't think that it's a bad idea, right? So the question really is, this seems smart, question mark. I don't think it's a bad idea, but sometimes I take pause when I feel in my gut that we are overcomplicating a simple problem. And if the problem is that they feel that they need more in emergency savings, sometimes it's not always necessary to find the greatest way to do that. We just save for an emergency. So my my gut is giving me pause, but I feel like I could be swayed. Dame? I've got questions. Okay. Pete, and you know what this means. This usually means we get to speculate. Yes. And we've learned that we are pretty good at I like speculating. This. Okay, here we go. What do you think the target emergency fund level is for Tom and his family? Right Great now? question. All right, $135,000 W-2 income. Mm -hmm. So we'll call that about 10,000 bucks a month yep. of, of, of gross income. But then you net it down, I don't know, I'm saying 6,800 a month. And we, I mean, we look at the the saving because there are some savings details, maxing out HSA, maxing out 401k, making uh, 529 contributions. Uh, what they are living off of is significantly less than the 135 that they are grossing on their W-2. 
And they said that they've always uh, handled emergencies in the past by reducing income or just making a little bit mo- more money through the side hustle. So I, I, mean, I got a, 10,000 bucks is the emergency fund. Yeah. It, I mean, I think that would be reasonable, but I'm wondering if they're, if he's trying to overshoot what might be a reasonable emergency fund too. <laughs> Kristen just I don't. <laughs> <laughs> her, I did. I, did. <laughs> I think it's probably higher than that, you guys. I bet it's 15 for three months, and they're trying to push to 30 for six. I, I will say, and again, this is not a negative comment because I'm about to use the word engineer, which sometimes can be negative. Um, <laughs> I, by the way, if you're one of the engineers that work for us here at your money line, don't take that person. It's not negative. <laughs> um, this seems like an inc- an engineered financial life, does it not? Mm, very much. Which I appreciate. Um, it reminds me of uh, a friend of mine's financial life where I wonder if, if I wonder how the stress and anxiety will build over time when running a financial life like this. Because it seems it seems like uh, at some point untenable. Dame, you agree or disagree? I don't know. I, some people are just built like this. I, they, they they love the details. They get into this stuff on day in day out, and they they love it. And I, if this is the type of uh, financial life that that uh, makes sense and gives a person uh, a sense of of peace and calm and uh, the illusion of control, uh, <laughs> then then so be it. Uh, that that's fine. I, I mean, if we had to score what we're seeing here out of 10, you're giving it pretty close to a nine, yeah. nine and a half, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I, I, they're doing a lot of stuff right here. And, and when you're trying to get into what do I do with my emergency fund, Pete, you and I, and Kristen, I'm, I'm going to lump you into this too. Uh, we've, yeah. we've, well, you we feel free to pull the ripcord and eject at any moment, Kristen, uh, Keep your accounts in the lane that they're supposed to be in retirement accounts for retirement. We, we don't try and use those for multiple things. I understand the Roth has some advantages to it, but I think the comment was made that, you know, we just leave it in cash if we made the contributions to the Roth. Well, then what's the point? I, I would just leave it. If it's going to be built for emergency funds, then leave it in a savings account, a high yield savings account and have access to it immediately. Because if you do need it in the case that you can't cover it with reducing spending or, or increasing income in the short term, the last thing you want is to have to go through another hurdle of taking a distribution from a Roth IRA account. Just leave it accessible for emergencies. Can I play Diablo's advocate for a moment here? Sure. You're going to be wrong, but go ahead. <laughs> uh, so my HSA, I view it ideally as a long-term investment option mm-hmm. if I don't need it for for short-term health care. Mm-hmm. So isn't, isn't that somewhat similar to using the Roth IRA as an emergency fund? I would disagree with that because your HSA is structured to allow you to take money out of it with ease. I have a debit card that's linked mm-hmm. to my HSA. I don't, we don't, you don't have that link with your Roth IRA because it's not really what the account's designed to do. But isn't it multi? I mean, again, I, I, I don't love this idea that uh, Tom has come up. I don't love it, but I also don't have a systemic issue with it. Like, I don't like fundamentally disagree with it. 
you're also getting an immediate tax benefit by contributing to the HSA as well, whereas you're not with the Roth. You're playing the long term with the Roth. And if you're going to leave it in cash inside of the Roth, well, you're only giving yourself more speed bumps in the in the process that you're going to use it as it's intended to be used. Do you think that it's a if he did what he's trying to do and put the money in the Roth with the hope that he would never need it for an emergency, then he would either A, try to cash flow emergencies that he shouldn't, or B, not spend money on things that he should and then make the situation worse. Do you think that's possible? I think it's possible. And in the Facebook comments, someone asked, if you put the money in the Roth IRA, are you going to actually use it? Or would you lean on a credit card or something else if you had an emergency? And I think that's the sim like a similar question that you're asking. And that's where we get into like personal behavior. You, the emailer, what in your heart of hearts, what would you be inclined to do? What is the heart of hearts? I don't know. A little okay. section of the upper ventricle uh, that uh, filled with cholesterol. All right, let's do this. Let's let's everyone call everyone calm down. Dame, calm down. Let's take a break. Uh, we're still come up in the show. Another email, and then Dame went to uh, a f an economic outlook mm -hmm. conference or something. Very nerdy. Very nerdy. Uh, and and uh, has some thoughts on uh, what was shared at that event he's going to talk about like what is ahead for the economy of the united states dame just the academic of the show uh this week all that's next on the pete the planner show um pete the planner dame i'm still cringing from your medical advice earlier it, it was not medical advice nor was it investment advice there's nothing in this show that is no, professional just, like, in any way shape or form i was it was awful i can't think about anything else now I could retell my story if that would make it better. Let's go to the next segment because I'm really going to miss a meeting. And now I'm going to take the ire of a guy who calls himself Ben, but his name is John, very clearly. It's on his birth certificate. Right. And his what? W-2. Have you seen his W-2? I'm hoping it matches up to what he files with the 1040. I'm going to screen share it right now. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> uh, what's this? Which what's, what's this one? Um, are we doing my he, summary? I thought he, I thought he said last. Oh, did he? I, I thought he just teased he it as this. I thought he just teased it as this segment. I thought Let's, just do, it. Let's just do it. Let's do it. We'll do it live. <laughs> we'll do it live. Three, two, one. Back on the Pete the Planner show. Sometimes during the break, executive decisions are made. And the decision is this Dame, it is time to give your economic outlook based on someone else's economic outlook uh, to us right now. You went to go. What, what, what do we got? Yeah, I spent yesterday morning check local listings for yesterday, by the way, uh, in a conference, uh, listening to a very well-known uh, economist slash banker slash really, really smart guy. Uh, give us his interpretation uh, and projections on where he thinks the economy is going. I've listened to this man for uh, a number of years and uh, he's usually pretty, pretty accurate with what's going on. So uh, first and foremost, let me, let me just give some good news. At least what I can say. Are we going to give news. his name? Like, should we give him credit for this? No, 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 no. Go ahead. Continue. Uh, expected inflation average for the next 10 years. Well, a guessing game. Uh, Pete, you actually, you've already both seen it, but if yeah. you hadn't seen it, uh, <laughs> what, what would you have guessed? I would have guessed over 3%. I would have guessed, I think three five to three seven. Mm -hmm. Honestly, Kristen, what Chris, would you have guessed? 
I would have been in the same ballpark, higher than what we've seen in the past, but lower or longer term, but lower than what we've seen in the shorter term. So somewhere four ish, maybe. What do you say? Two point three percent. I don't buy that. Ten years. I don't either. And that was at the beginning of the notes you sent us, and I was like, yep. I, I'm going to discredit everything else I read. <laughs> well, I. I can tell you that he does this for a living. Uh, he scours data, uh, looks at the projections from different organizations and governmental entities, and two point three is the number that is being come up with. Does so, it is it worth? Does he know? Does he understand that I say dumb things for a living? Does he? Does he? Has he taken that into consideration? I, I'm sure he meets with plenty of people who say dumb things, and he takes all of that into consideration. Okay, fair enough. All right. Uh, so we've also uh, heard a lot about a soft landing for the economy. It's been thrown away. The terms have been thrown on for what? At least a year, Pete? Yeah. Yeah. At sure. least. So there are four potential outcomes for the situation we're in right now. Soft landing. Soft landing, by the way, would be when inflation is under control, which he feels very strongly that we are either experiencing right now or will be in the very near future and no recession. Fair enough. Inflation under control, no recession. Okay. Uh, I'm just de- definition. That's a soft landing definition. Is it worth right. noting that the GDP numbers just came out this week and they were stupendous? Yeah, uh, because he actually uh, went through a couple of different data sources and uh, the data projected just over five percent, and they came back at four point eight or four point nine. So the the data sources that came out uh, 24 to 48 hours ahead of time were really close to the actual numbers. So, okay. So we are currently not in a recession according to uh, GDP growth right now. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, so soft landing is in play right now. Hard landing will be inflation under control, but recession happens anyway. Not and that could still happen, right? Because it would be this quarter. Yeah, because if inflation comes under control, but uh, interest rates continue to ramp up and everything just shuts off and spending is done, uh, we could get that recession pretty darn quick. So hard landing still possible. No landing. Continued inflation. Economy grows. Fed continues to tighten and will come to a painful halt in the future. Okay, say that one again because I got lost in, amongst it. Sorry. No landing. This is a term that's just come up in the last, uh, I don't know, six months or so, according to, uh, I'll say it, Dr. Ed. Uh, continued inflation, economy grows, Fed continues to tighten int- uh, interest rates, will come to a painful halt in the future. Okay, so that is that is theoretically <laughs> what we've been going through the last several months. Yes. Thank yes. you. Okay. That's like been the last year plus of our lives. Yeah. It just keeps okay. accelerating going forward until it becomes unsustainable and then it comes to a crashing halt. Okay. So, so far we've got soft landing, hard landing, no landing. No landing. Correct. What, what is left? Stagflation. Yeah. Uh, continued inflation, recession happens anyway, unemployment increases. This is, uh, in my opinion, probably the worst of all potential outcomes. Go ahead, Kristen. Can I ask what the difference is then between no landing and mm. stagflation? They sound very similar to me. I think one is timing and duration would be the other side of it, but nothing was thrown around for okay. either of the two uh, metrics on that side. But uh, uh, may I? Um, Bald man no, in the back, please. Yes, with the skin tack on us. Um, <laughs> Dame, I forgot my question. Dame, with no landing, there's still economic growth, right? Yes, yes. In stagflation, 
there are layoffs, there are, there's unemployment. So that would say it is more choked growth because if you're trying to find margin and the way you do it is by laying off people, is that actual growth? That's a dumb comment, but is there a distinction point between the two there? Well, stagflation would expect that to happen uh, where the recession happens at that point. So yeah, that's part of a recession, but um, hard landing is, yeah, I, I can see what you're, yeah, kind of. They're yeah. a little different. And so uh, I, I don't mind going on the record, especially when I know I'm going to be wrong, which is the nature of our stock picks every year here <laughs> on the Blue Letter. Um, I have gone on the record numerous times saying, I believe we're about to face what I'm calling a micro recession because I'm an idiot. I don't know what that means. Um, I think based on the student loan repayment, I think we're going to have sort of a depressed holiday sales season. I think if we're going to have a recession, it's going to be this quarter. It's going to be like the the beginning of it. Um, so I, I buy, I buy hard landing. So, so coming out of a quarter where we had amazing growth, you think it's going to go completely the other direction? Yeah. Into the holiday season? Yeah. No. Mm -hmm. No. I think it's post-holiday season. Yeah, people are going to charge, charge, charge. They are not going to let this impact. There's yeah. no way. No I think people, way. No, I think people are going to pretend it's fine. Just kind of like milk, like figure out a way to make it through quarter four, and then in Q1, I think, I think you're right. I just think it's going to be a quarter later. So, if if what you all are saying is true, which I. Who am I to disagree with you guys? You're generally right. Uh, it's going to be a much harder landing because then that's sort of like an accelerated recession because people are going to be so in debt that they're going to be forced to pull back, not by choice, but forced to pull back spending and consumer activity in the second quarter. I I would like to say forced. Uh, I, I, I wouldn't like to say forced. Oh. Uh, yeah, sorry. Um because I, I think spending behavior is becoming really ingrained and I think it's going to take a while for it to get uh, uh, truncated. Uh, so I think this may drag out a little bit longer than, than you're thinking, Pete. Okay. People, people will hang on as long as they possibly can. <sighs> All right. So what else was said at the conference? Uh, some conflicting economic signals. The GDP obviously uh, was, was spectacular uh, as it was released. And then uh, the FO, uh, FOMC, a Federal Open Market Committee, uh, released their projections. They think that for the next three years, we're going to have a positive G GDP with no negative years uh, for the next three years. And the dynamic stochastic general equilibrium model. What? Which, My. Yeah. yeah uh, it takes in, which I'm doing a little bit of research on it. It's pretty cool. It takes into account a whole bunch of different factors. Uh it projects a positive GDP for the next three years as well. So uh, yield curve still inverted. Yield curve right now predicts that there's between a 40 and 50% likelihood of re uh, recession though. So we're getting still getting conflicting uh, indicators from the economy. Amateur economist and show favorite Jeremiah notes, <laughs> you guys see that Fidelity reported how 401k hardship withdrawals have increased. There are indicators mm -hmm. people won't let lifestyle go yet. Mm -hmm. It's happening to savings to keep spending. Yeah, it's all that. Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> you know, here's something. Did, did he talk about the election at all or, or the election season? Uh, on, on No, I, I was really hoping he would. And that and if we get into a protracted uh, war uh, over uh, mm -hmm. in the European theater, uh, but nothing was brought up in that area. And it's with that. 
that we take a break. <laughs> Coming up after the break, another email question. Which one? I don't know. I didn't listen to the pre-show meeting. All that's next on the Pete the Planner Show. I'm Pete the Planner. And, of course, I'm not joking. Which one are we doing? You wanted to uh, do D? the Tyree question. Was it D that we were yeah. going to talk about? Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, <laughs> I chose it and I don't remember. You did pick it. Also, if I just disappear, they are digging up the concrete in front of my house and like my whole house is vibrating. So I'm like a little concerned. I don't know. What would be the disappear? Like a. Well, if they like, if I know they're putting in new internet lines on the street. So no, 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 no. (laughs) They're putting in new internet lines and they're digging for those new internet lines. So I'm like, I don't feel great about that because they hit one last week or the week before. So hopefully we, uh, we're still here. You know what? Uh, while these hardworking American workers are trying to improve your community, you're sitting here <laughs> making fun of you know, your ability to communicate to outer space with others. I think it's you on your high horse. You're privileged. Dame, <laughs> jump in, Dame. Oh, you're doing great. I, no. You have an unrealistic expectation. Mm-hmm. This is a very millennial Dame, come on. Go 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 touch some grass and get some dirt under your fingernails. Yes, there it is. You have a you've been chipped a nail your entire life. Dame. Nope. Dame. I thought for sure she was gonna show you one specific nail that she wanted to uh make That's, sure. That's yeah, yeah. I will note my Nespresso has gotten sort of like l- lukewarm now. Oh, yeah. And it is not good. Not good. Mm-hmm. <sighs> okay. Let's keep going so that I don't get yelled at too much by a man named no one knows. He's a liar. Okay. Uh, I'll read the email. Three, two, one. Back on the Pete the Planner show, going into the mailbag. There's a song we used to have probably 10 years ago on the show, and I'd go into the mailbag. But really? Yeah. It would be like, it's the mailbag. And I was like, you know, I did it myself. <laughs> and then I'd play it. <laughs> and um, I don't really want to do that anymore. Can't we Bummer. pay somebody on Fiverr to, to recreate it? The last time I paid someone on Fiverr to do something for the show, you guys openly mocked me. I did what? not openly mock you. The Pete the Planner show Fiverr lady that with the I ukulele? Know. I didn't mock you. Kristen, you hated it. I don't recall mocking you, though. I have on good authority amongst <laughs> very personal conversations with your family and friends Okay, that you mocked me. Oh, yep. Then and, must be true. and I have the hidden video. <laughs> Dear Pete, I need some advice. I'm 57, recently divorced, and just got laid off. I have a niche timeout. Granted. Right? Okay, thank yeah. you. Niche, is that the is that the pronunciation we're going with that? Yes. Niche. Okay. I have a niche professional career and struggling to find employment. Part age, part lack of openings. Even willing to take a step back, execs won't hire me for fear I could take their jobs. Ugh. I have $300,000 in savings and $1.2 million in retirement. That includes 401ks and IRAs. I'm currently renting because I sold my house as it was getting expensive to upkeep. And I was going to require some big maintenance investments soon. Can I afford to retire? Thanks. D. Uh, for, first off, um, D, I'm really sorry. I think we're all collectively sorry you're going through this right now. Um, that's hard. I mean, uh, it sounds like you, you've spent decades building a, 
a, a, a niche career and and in a in a world that you provide a lot of value and to find yourself on the other side of that is 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 not fun. So I'm really sorry that's going on. Uh, and by the way, when you said, "Can I afford to retire, Dame?" I'm going to go ahead and assume Dame means like right now, right? Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, Kristen, what jumps out to you? Age jumps out to me. Retirement before 57 um, just naturally kind of makes me take a step back. I know there's a lot of cash savings there, but as we all know, like especially medical situation, if there's no medical insurance involved and we're trying to bridge a gap to 65 without being able to draw on those qualified accounts, it that gives me pause. Yeah, there's a couple things. You're right. There's a couple things going on here. Dame, it's hard for anyone to not look at this and go, $1.5 million of assets, no obligations of note. Correct. Right? But then the other side of that is, Dame, you know exactly how that $300,000 came to be, don't you? Maybe. She sold her house. Yeah. <laughs> sold her house. So yeah. you got to think at least half of that probably two thirds of that to three quarters of it mm -hmm. came from the proceeds of selling that house post-divorce. Uh, and so that is to say, while the $1.2 million in retirement is, is, is great. Um, it's the potential lack of propensity to stack dollars and savings that scares me the most about retiring right now, short of what Kristen said, which is the mechanics of trying to get, qualified money out prior to 59 and a half. And even if she can go that route, let's say she, she lives off the savings until she's 59 and a half, uh, that 1.2, mm. assuming it stays 1.2 between now and then it's only going to generate about 48 grand of income that still needs to have taxes paid on it. Yeah. So net that out. I mean, you're talking $2,800 a month of, Take home pay, maybe. Yeah, I, the one thing though, as you were reading it, that that I thought of um, sounds like she's very professional, or uh, very good at her, uh, her her career, and if niche, then there might actually be a demand. But if there's fear uh, from some of the the people who would otherwise consider hiring her, I wonder if there's an option to be a contract employee and consult in, in some of these things. So it's a defined engagement. She still makes some income and she's able to, um, to bridge a little bit, maybe learn to live off of a, a smaller income in the meantime. So she's preparing for retirement. Maybe you might call it a mock retirement period before, uh, before she actually goes through with it. Yeah, Kristen, you know, as many of the listeners in the live stream, uh, Big Rig Swink amongst them, really pointed out it's like it's hard to know without cost of living. Um, but but again, based on he, he, there's some there's some tells here, and then uh, I'm making some jumps. Mm -hmm. um, at 57 to have one and a half million, and I say this next sort of hypothesis respectfully, potentially. Some of that is part of a divorce settlement. Part of that, you never mm -hmm. know how the assets uh, were sort of figured pre-divorce and then how they sorted out post-divorce. Mm -hmm. I think that's the biggest factor in this is um, how much does this person's potential income in this niche profession, you know, what, what, I guess just what is the potential for that? 
Yeah, I agree with that. The mechanics of how uh, how well D does or doesn't save, like you said, if as part of the divorce, maybe D wasn't the saver in that relationship. That definitely would be a concern to me. But when I when I read an email like this and someone says that they have a niche career, they're struggling to find employment, they don't give an income number. To me, that strikes me as. Uh, a generational, like it's rude to say how much money I make kind of vibe. Hmm. It concerns me that maybe D is a very, very high income earner or has been in the past. And if that's the case, 1.2 million looks totally different if you're a very high income earner. That's, that's fascinating because there's almost, there's going to be this threshold of, you know, off the street to say someone has one and a half million dollars is one thing. But off the street to say someone has one and a half million dollars when they make a buck fifty a year, right? It's it, it just pales in comparison. What's the old number that to to basically retire? You need somewhere between twenty five to thirty three times your income. What was that? Yeah, I feel like twenty five was the bottom threshold. So that is to say, uh, what's one point two million divided by twenty five? I assume it's somewhere in the forty something mm -hmm. range. Um, I think, in fact, it, 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 it probably is with 48, 48. Yeah. So if her income is somewhere in the $48,000 range in this niche profession, conceivable. Um, <laughs> but if it's much more than that, inconceivable. Well, yeah, but we're also talking about inflation for the next 30 years too. I mean, the, that's not going to be sustainable. There, there needs to be more assets there honestly, to, to make this happen. Kristen, how much you take into consideration early retirement, social security at 62 here? Oh, here's where this is, gets interesting too, though, right? You don't know whether she takes the, the spousal right. retirement yep. based on her mm -hmm. ex-husband's. Oh man, that's interesting. Plus if she can make it another five years, that gives those assets five more years to hopefully grow. And she comes mm -hmm. much closer to probably 2 million in assets between now and then, which may not seem like a ton uh on on paper going from one five to two hundred uh, to two million but uh cutting out five years of window of need and that's if you take it at 62 if man if you can stretch that out to to full retirement age much much better yeah d uh, Kristen or dame you guys are actually you you know what you're talking about i don't i just say things but um <laughs> did the spousal uh, benefit change in the last few years on social security, uh, in terms of like ex spouse, did that change or is it, has it stayed consistent? Stay I, consistent. Okay. So I, I guess D, D, D take it. You also need to take in consideration if for some reason your husband's income really was a lot, ex husband's income was a lot higher than what yours was. Then that spousal ex spouse retirement mm -hmm. option may be part of your financial planning. Dame, am I completely crazy or is that arguably true? No, it's arguably true. Uh, th they would have had to have been married for at least 10 years for that to be a potential option. All right, let's do this. Um, D, we are saying probably not. Wait, uh, is that our conclusion, everybody? Yeah. Probably don't retire right now. But that doesn't mean you can't get a more modest income job and, and redefine what it is uh, to have that lifestyle. And you started that by renting as opposed to being a homeowner. Coming up after the break, biggest waste of money of the week and the news right here on the Pete the Planner Show. Nah, I'm Pete the Planner. Pilot Jeremy's got to take off. You know, most times when people are like, hey, man, I got to take off. See you later. No, he literally is taking off. <laughs> <laughs> 
Like, no, man, I got to take off. Oh, what do you mean? No, I'm going to fly some humans through this, the air. Do you think he eats just Bischoff cookies um, or he hates them at this point? I hate them. The I hate them. I'll find out, but uh, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll ask. You know, he, let's say he goes to like uh, his in-laws for dinner and his mother-in-law is like, oh, I, I found this recipe for a cheesecake and it's got a Bischoff cookie crust. <laughs> and he just like leaves. He's like, I hate you all. He storms out and grabs his green lasers and starts shooting them up at planes. I shoot some of cars going by to get back at people. Yeah. Oh, this cross-country skier here to try this laser. It's like all forms of transportation. It's like he's getting back at them. Sure. Mm-hmm. You know, what we failed to mention in the, the last segment. The possum. Whether possum. the possum goes to have the cheesecake and it loves Bischoff cookies is right. Right. It, w- it would. Oh, did you have? Okay. I, I actually thought, thought of something. <laughs> Sorry, but it's actually good, I feel. For someone who's 57, who was really hustling in their career, niche professional, to think they're going to totally step back from work at the age of 57, someone like D is going to go stir crazy. It sounds fun to retire, but then what do you do? You know, I did figure out what her niche profession is. Possum trainer. Possum <laughs> trainer. Yeah, she's an in-flight possum trainer. Oh, my. Kristen and Dame, this show streams live on LinkedIn. Yeah. Which means your career path forward <laughs> is linked to this moment. There's a man in a Tottenham Hotspur jersey. Yeah. Talking about possum training for airplanes. And you're part of this. This is this is part of your career path in this moment. How's it going? I, I, think think it means- I think there's a lawsuit there. <laughs> gonna say i think it means that we're stuck here forever because like where else are we gonna go now you know it's like oh can you send me some uh some film of what you've done and it's like let's say it all has burned down except this moment you have to send it they're like i'm i'm sorry (laughs) can't do it all right let's do the next segment i think the answer is i don't have anything to share i'm sorry oh my gosh um okay three maybe two one this week's biggest waste of money of the week right here on the Pete the Planner show is, is the Volback Indestructible Belt. Built with the single strongest fiber known to man, the Volback Indestructible Belt can hold more than just pants. It's high strength. Denema core is 15 times stronger than steel giving it the ability to carry four tons or around 10 grizzly bears, a Cobra buckle featuring a patented locking mechanism that makes it impossible to release under tension and has already survived a supersonic free fall from space. Each belt arrives in a custom anodized metal case with a 3D printed latch. Now, Dame, I myself have eaten at numerous buffets. Mm. I will take down... Italian beef sandwiches, mm-hmm. fries, mm-hmm. and and I feel that my pants need more room. And I feel like an indestructible belt could actually kill you if you're in that situation. It is not going to give. It's not going to have the natural stretch the fiber needs of a Midwesterner like me who is hungry upon landing from a flight. So, Dame, I say to you, who needs an indestructible belt? I want it destructible. And so, therefore, any cost of this is a, a big waste of money, no? Well, the question is, 
is impossible to release under tension. If you put, eat a few too many things for Thanksgiving, you're not going to be able to un, you know, undo that. And then you can't cut it off because it's indestructible. You're stuck with those pants on until some very unpleasant things happen. Let's say, Kristen, that you're an airline pilot and you go to your in-laws house and they, your, your mother-in-law makes a delicious cheesecake with a Bischoff crust mm. and, and you're not a snooty pilot. So therefore you eat the eat the cheesecake and your, your, your pants and your belt, uh, create an issue for you if it's indestructible. I suppose that is within the realm of possibility. Kristen, how much do you think this costs? Um, whatever it is, is too much. Okay. It looks like a ratchet strap per the Facebook comment. That's exactly what it looks like. And I think that it costs $65. Okay. All right. Dame, uh, what do you believe the Volback indestructible belt to cost? I will say $129. Oh, $395 to have your legs fall off when you eat too much tater tots. (laughs) Lovely. Dame, what's in the news this week? Everybody's favorite governmental organization, the IRS, is moving ahead with a plan to build its own free tax filing program known as Direct File. Announcing Tuesday that a pilot version will be available to some taxpayers in 13 states next year. Armed with an influx of new money approved by Democrats last year, the IRS is conducting a major overhaul of its operations despite continued threats from Republicans to cut future funding and even abolish the agency altogether. Not going to happen. Eventually, the IRS tax filing system could serve as an alternative to private tax preparation companies like H&R Block and Intuit's TurboTax. But for now, the online pilot program will be very limited in scope. Only taxpayers in those 13 states with specific eligible tax situations will be able to participate. The IRS anticipates that at least several hundred thousand taxpayers will decide to participate in the pilot. Critics of direct file, including H&R Block and Intuit, argue that a government-run system will likely provide a worse taxpayer experience than was what is currently available and that the federal tax collector should not also pay uh, play the role of tax preparer thoughts Kristen, is there any topic that you feel like brings out <laughs> the inner grumpy old man and dame dare i say his inner possum quite mm-hmm. like the irs and our inability to get the tax system right no, there is nothing, and it shouldn't, but on some level, it kind of brings me a little joy. To watch it, because I yeah. feel, Dame, i got to be honest, I, I can't believe you brought this up, because how are you not about to explode? I, I've I've uh, traveled east and learned the secrets of uh, meditation and anger control. He's wearing that impossible belt. Yes. <laughs> it's keeping all the anger below. <laughs> no, I... But, um, so this is wild. I, I mean, this is a, such a dumb topic. No offense, because no matter what we collectively agree, let's say that we really hash this out. The three of us who, by the way, arguably share some different views on this topic. Hmm. Let's say we came to this very reasonable conclusion. It would be impossible to implement absolutely <laughs> impossible. And somehow in, in everyone's best interest, it wouldn't happen. And I, I don't, I don't, both don't know why I'm trying to fire up Dame. Dame, why do you think this is? <laughs> no, I don't. I mean, I've I've looked at a number of different systems over the year and tried to find uh, something that I could really get behind. You know, fair tax, flat tax, VATS, uh, it, whatever. And 
the reality of the situation is it's all wasted effort and all wasted energy because it ain't gonna change. The income tax is here to stay in America, like it or not. And all we can do is fight over how much we're going to pay. Why is that though, Dane? <laughs> because the government, uh, yeah, because <laughs> uh, the, the government spends more than they should, and they need our money. What they else? spend oh, go ahead. more than they make, which is like a fundamental problem. Yeah, let's let's move on because Dame's he's worked so well to calm himself, and then I tried to poke the bear. All right, Usa. James, what else is in the news? Uh, U.S. household wealth ballooned at a record pace during the pandemic as the government doled out unprecedented aid. <laughs> Americans hunkered down amid widespread lockdowns and stock and home values soared. According to the Federal Reserve Survey from 2019 to 2022, the median net worth of U.S. families surged. I'm going to leave a pause there for you to guess a percentage of how percentage. much they surged. Percentage. Of how okay, so how much did average yep, wealth- between twenty nineteen and twenty twenty two? How much did the average, or sorry, the median net worth of U.S. families go up? I'm about to feel out of touch, but I'm going to win twenty four percent. I was going to take the over. I was going to say thirty. Thirty seven percent to one hundred and ninety two thousand nine hundred dollars adjusted for inflation, the largest rise in the history of the Fed survey of consumer finances, which is conducted every three years. Median income, while uh, meanwhile, grew at a relatively modest three percent and debt was fairly stable, the Fed said in the report. During the pandemic, many households received financial windfalls from the government in an effort to tide families over amid widespread business shutdowns and 22 million layoffs. That included three rounds of stimulus checks, enhanced unemployment benefits, and a pause in student loan repayments. From 2019 to 2022, the share of families owning stocks increased from 15 to 21%, the largest on record. Thanks, Robin Hood. Uh, median stock holdings fell to $15,000 from $29,000, but that's because new stock owners held smaller portfolios than longstanding stockholders. Dame, with that stimulus, weren't people just getting their tax money back? (laughs) (laughs) It's their money, right? Yeah, so it's it's their money. (laughs) Every penny of it. Time. <laughs> it's 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 somebody's money, maybe not theirs. What's in that cup you're drinking out? <laughs> Is a chamomile tea in there? It's getting a little low. Let's say it's gonna need a refill before I move on with the rest of my day. What else is in the news? Oh, you want me to do more? Yes. <laughs> Uh, average cost of health insurance plan offered through an employer rose 7% this year to $23,968 for family plans and $8,400 and change for individuals, according to a new survey from the Private Health Foundation, KFF. The jump was the highest since 2011 and was driven by inflation as well as higher wages for healthcare workers and hospital system mergers, according to health policy experts. Ours did not go up that much. No, it did not. <sighs> All right, Dave, this is a fun show, right? I'm glad I could entertain you. Oh, my gosh. Dave, go on a long walk, buddy. Okay. <laughs> See you Monday. <laughs> oh, wait. Uh, all right, Kristen, thank you very much for your contributions today. Yes, of course. Dame, thank you, my man. You're welcome. And let's hope that Tottenham Hotspur remains on top of the table going in to English Premier uh, Week 
eight or something like that. Anyway, that's all we got. Sending good vibes because good vibes are all that's in the budget. I'm Pete the Planner. This is the Pete the Planner show. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was fun. All right, I gotta go. To, I gotta go. To my meeting. So um, that's all I got. Uh, I love you all, and I mean that deeply. I mean, just intimately. Okay. I mean, not too much that I have to do paperwork, but you know what I mean. That was today. Oh. I gotta go. Stay getting money.